0: Punt, punt, fumble, punt, field goal, interception, punt, field goal, punt. That's what the Chiefs did their first nine possessions and still won the Super Bowl. Punt, punt, fumble, punt, field goal, interception, punt, field goal, punt. I'll make it a song. How do you let them, how do you let that happen? Nine possessions out of the gate and let them beat you. Oh, kills me. They should have went up early. They should have got a bigger lead. You had a 10-point lead and you still blew it. Oh, talk about letting a team off the hook! Tough.
1: You're locked in the press box.
0: Uh,
2: Dana White with an all-time bad take. There is no reason the NBA Finals or the World Series should ever be here unless a team in Vegas is playing in it.
1: Yes, there's. Well, where
2: where would the World Series be? Uh, Dana doesn't care.
0: Las Vegas ballpark, uh, apparently. Oh,
2: okay. But like the idea, the one of the best things of our sports is home playoff games and we're going to put the world series at a neutral site because vegas has nice hotels get out of here no no put them in the home ballparks and leave them there the only the only time you should ever consider having a championship at a neutral site is if it's a one ge- if it's one game like the super bowl is one game but if we've got a seven game series yeah what are you going to play seven games in vegas like the midseason tournament yeah it's ridiculous so all-time bad take unbelievably bad take yes we can host event yes love for great events to come here don't take away the, the home games from the nba finals because you want them to be at the on the strip in vegas unless we have a team here yeah i mean yeah then you get four of them or three right. of them depending on whatever yeah absolutely but not some stupid neutral site play everything right. in vegas situation no no give the teams their home games that's the best part of it the only good part about the world series this year was that arizona got some home games because the World Series sucked. Yeah, it's terrible. Damn Diamondbacks! Are you kidding me? Unbelievable! Can't believe we got that crappy team. Why the hell couldn't the Dodgers just beat them, Ed? Beat them. They got swept. I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. Couldn't beat them for a game. All right. You'll have to tell me if you think this is real, or if this is just off-season coach speak. Because Vic Tafer wrote a story, talked to Antonio Pierce last week before the Super Bowl, and Vic Tafer wrote. Pierce also said he expects the Raiders to acquire a quarterback this offseason and that Aiden O'Connell will have a chance to compete against him for the
1: starting job. I think Pierce thinks enough about Aiden O'Connell that that's true. Okay. Gave him the job over Garoppolo. So you don't think that's just
2: coach speak? No. Has Pierce, first off, side note, has Pierce said anything that's made you think it's just coach speak? In about... Anyone or Yeah, anything? just no. since he's been here. like I think he believes exactly what right. he says. Now, he says some things that it's like there's only five guys in the draft that are meant to be Raiders right. that, that are you know funny things and be like, hey, maybe don't say that out loud even if you think that. But I don't remember him saying something where I'm like, ah, he's just saying that right. to, to placate right. whatever role he's in. Um, so if this is like real in his mind, he's like, we're going to get a quarterback and that guy's going to compete with Aiden O'Connell for the starting job. If they trade up to the top three,
1: that guy's not competing with Aiden O'Connell. Not not factually, not truthfully, no. But I, I just think that Pierce, at this point, not knowing who the quarterback is, is saying that his guy, and it's been his guy since he took the job, gets a chance to compete with him. But if you're trading up and getting Jaden Daniels, That's, then you, there's no competition. Jaden Daniels is your quarterback.
2: I think if you draft the McCarthy Knicks Penix trio, you draft one of them at thirteen, you can't have that guy competing
1: with Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, maybe McCarthy. I mean, here's the <laughs> thing.
2: As little as we think of those three, if you draft them in the first round, you're not there's no Aiden O'Connell was not good last year. Aiden O'Connell was one of the five worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and you drafted him in the fourth round. There's no there's nothing there to make you say, All right, he's gonna compete with a first round pick. So if you draft Nix at 13, Nix is your starting quarterback. There's no, you got to beat out Aiden O'Connell in camp. No, he's, that's the, you're naming him the starter as soon as you select him. The part that I think would be interesting is what if they draft a quarterback in round two? Right. Or three. Or three. And there's a chance, by the way, there's a chance Nix, McCarthy, Pennix, those guys are in round two or three. Like, there's a real chance they're going to just draft one of those guys in round two instead of at 13 then you might be having that conversation cuz you're talking about a guy with you know 10 games of experience in Aiden O'Connell uh, versus a rookie who you use, didn't use a first round pick on so maybe our guy Sam Hartman there might be oh yeah
1: Sam Hartman from Notre Dame well be fun that's uh, he's right. projected as a second or third round pick
2: so that's one that I could be and then the other way you acquire a quarterback obviously is through free agency if they sign let's just say Gardner Menschu He's starting he's over starting. O'Connell. Yes, he's starting. Like, and that's not a competition. Well, it shouldn't be. Like, you're not signing Minshew and then saying, all right, here's Aiden. You got to beat him. Yeah. You got to <laughs> like, beat him out.
1: And, and there's some other, like... But I think Antonio believes it right now without knowing who the other quarterback is.
2: I, I guess my the point I'm trying to make is, is the only way O'Connell's competing for the starting job is if they draft a quarterback outside of round one, and that's their—that those are the only two quarterbacks yeah. on the roster. I
1: mean, wouldn't you think he'd compete with Sam Hartman? Yes,
2: yeah. If you take a guy outside of round one, then absolutely. We got a fourth-round, second-year guy, and a first-round... Third-year guy. Yeah. A third-round guy. And we, here we go. We got a competition. But draft a guy at any point in the first round, and if you sign anybody like Minshew or... Jameis Winston, or what were those other names on that list? Uh, Joe Flacco. It wasn't a great list. Right. It's not a great list, but if you sign any of those like top four or five quarterbacks, those guys have all been starting NFL quarterbacks that were better than Aiden O'Connell, yeah. and you're signing them to start over Aiden O'Connell. So my point is that the only way there's a competition is if they if their quarterback answer is outside of the first-round draft pick. Anything else, the option is better than Aiden O'Connell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Given so, how he played last year. So I don't... When Pierce says there's going to be a competition... Well, I think he believes it because he doesn't know who the quarterback's going to be. But I, think, I do think in in present time, when he says it, I don't think he's placating Aiden O'Connell.
2: Yeah. So in my mind, that's him saying we're drafting a quarterback in round two
1: or three. Okay. Because if, he, if his plan... If he was like, we're trading up to three, then he... No, you're not giving up what the ransom it would take to get up to three and not start the game. Right. So
2: in in Antonio Pierce's mind, if he thinks we're going up to three, then he doesn't think O'Connell's going right. to compete for the starting job. So in my mind, this kind of says the Raiders are just going to draft a quarterback in round two or three or whatever it is. And that'll be their answer. Or I guess they could sign even a lesser quarterback than Gardner Minshew in the off season. God, that'll be great. I mean, I'm here for that day. When that the, list is really bad. I'm here for the day when the Raiders announce some other backup is who they signed to compete with Aiden O'Connell right. for that. It'll be a great day. That'll be fun. Um, Let's uh, let's imagine this part of it. Aiden O'Connell actually does compete for the starting job. They draft Sam Hartman, and O'Connell wins it. How good can the Raiders be with
1: Aiden O'Connell at quarterback? You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> nine and eight? Eight and nine. Eight and nine, sorry. Eight and nine. Don't go <laughs> nine and eight. I don't know if they can win eight games with Aiden O'Connell.
2: So this is the tough part. He started ten games last year. They went five and five in those ten. One was under McDaniels, nine under Pierce, he was five and four. In those nine games under Pierce, the Raiders' defense was number two in the league in EPA. I don't believe their defense is going to be the second best defense in the league next year. So if the defense, even if they're just the 10th best in the league, five and four becomes what? Three and six? Right? Like, I mean, if the defense takes a step back, even if they're still 10th, you're losing a couple more games. And so, even if the Raiders have tenth-best defense and O'Connell starts seventeen games, is a six-win team, five-win team—I mean that—that that seems unless O'Connell gets a lot better than he was last year. But I don't think the playoffs are possible with O'Connell a quarterback. They're going to have to have like the best defense in the league to even be in the conversation. So, I just think there's no way. Even if you draft Hartman in round three or four and he's terrible, ultimately. I still think I'd rather just see. Just what do you got? Because I I think with Hartman? Yeah, I think we saw enough with O'Connell to know you can't you're not competing for anything. Now, if they go with the tankier like I would do, then Aiden O'Connell, you're the guy. We got 17 games, Aiden. Make but, it happen. But is
0: he bad enough to actually tank?
2: Yes. Yes. Cause Cause they didn't they didn't score a point against the Vikings, Danny. He didn't complete a pass in the last three quarters against the Chiefs. And he, they won that game. Yeah, yeah, because the defense was too good. O'Connell yeah. is good enough to tank. The defense was too good for them to actually tank the last nine games of the year.
0: Well, and but that, o- O'Connell a is absolutely
2: though. good. Yeah, it could be. Again, I think the defense is not going to be that good. But O'Connell is absolutely bad enough to for them to win two games.
0: If you have four wins with three games to go, do you bench Crosby? <laughs> oh,
1: God. He might, he <laughs> oh, might he, kill he, you. Yeah, there's no chance. You you talked about uh, Travis Kelsey bumping Andy yeah. Reid. <laughs> Who knows what, do, what Crosby, Crosby would do if uh, if they actually benched him? Crosby wouldn't come
2: off the field right. when he had the swollen knee, and he st- he stayed on the ground for like five seconds. And they sent yeah. a guy into sub, and they had to call a timeout because Crosby wouldn't get out of the game. That was like whatever week seven or eight or something like yeah, they're that. They're never benched later him. than that. wouldn't allow it's it. It's
0: hard to tank when you got passionate players like that. Ah, they've lost yeah, enough with guy. him
2: out there. You bench you bench all the other guys that are playing slightly well, and say, all right, get out there, seventh round rookie. Who'd we sign off the street this week? You're playing all the snaps on defense. Sorry, Max. Don't ruin <laughs> it out here. All right. It is February 14th. We haven't had the draft. We haven't had any free agency. So, obviously, we don't know the answers to who the other quarterback is that the Raiders bring in. But right now, what percentage would you put on Aiden O'Connell being the week one starter for the Raiders? 25%. That I think that's kind of the right neighborhood, the right answer. Um, because... I would guess they're going to draft a guy high enough or even sign a Gardner Minshew that that will be better than Aiden O'Connell, yeah. but there still is a chance that they draft a guy in the fourth round again. Who ends up not being very good. Right, and they just are like, all right, it's O'Connell again. He had some experience, um, and obviously there's all, always a chance of like injury. Like They could sign Minshew, and then Minshew gets yeah, hurt gets in hurt. training camp and stuff like that, so I think around that 25% mark is probably right and to go back to the conversation we had yesterday if we're sitting in june and you know free agency and the draft and everything is pretty is over and aiden o'connell is the projected starter devonte adams is asking for a trade
1: well he's having a discussion <laughs> he ha- he's talking to somebody i would think right i, I mean, would too i would think he is yeah
2: i would too if I'm if I'm Devontae Adams, maybe you don't actually go through with the trade request, but if we're sitting in June and it's Aiden O'Connell is the one throwing him passes at uh Sunset Park any Camp, yeah, or Sunset Park. I'm I'm probably <laughs> asking for a trade because the the odds of them making the playoffs if O'Connell's the projected starter are gonna be very low. Like everything is gonna have to go right for them to make the playoffs right. right the defense had to be the second best in the league for them to go five and four with o'connell at quarterback to do that for a full season just to maybe get to nine and eight which might not be enough yeah i'm probably asking for a trade if i'm Devonte adams and it's all right we got aiden o'connell he's better than sam hartman <laughs> make it happen so it's gonna be fun i love when there's quarterback questions
1: i don't great. know hartman and michael mayer the notre dame connection might be big but they didn't play together they still went to Notre Dame. Yeah, they didn't play together. Well, they got Michael that, Meyer will be like, I never that, met the guy in my get, life. They get that Irish uh, fortune I, okay, going I, for him.
2: I hope they draft Hartman just so you can ask Michael Meyer about the Notre Dame connection, and Meyer be like, yes. I never met the guy in my life. The great thing about Meyer, he would
1: answer that. Would he? He's too good. He's too he's, good is, in the locker room.
2: Is he going to win that media award eventually for the Raiders? Oh, eventually, yeah. Yeah, once, yeah. once Jermaine Illuminor gets yes. out of here? Yes,
1: eventually he will. He's,
2: uh, actually, he's should, really good. you guys should give it to him. You should take it away from Illuminor because he was yelling about the long wrong locker room and, calling, and Give it to Michael Mayer. Calling the media fake news
1: and give it to Michael Mayer instead. You know who else is great that got a lot of votes? Nate Hobbs.
2: Is he? Oh,
1: he's terrific. Okay. Terrific. Are those the top three? Illuminor, Hobbs, and uh Michael Meyer? Uh Robertson Robertson's really good. Um, but uh Nate Hobbs is I thought is really good. Okay. All right. I didn't know that about Nate Hobbs. Yeah remember. I feel like we've never we played says, some Nate Hobbs quotes before. Just n- never just I don't know if he wants to talk every day, but he will. Yeah. You know, if you go over to him, he'll talk and he'll he'll be good. And I don't think, you know, a lot of those guys don't want to talk at all. Um a lot will, you know, but you can tell, you know, how much they, they're into it or whatever. But he's really good. Michael Mayer's terrific. He's yeah, Notre Dame. If he had played some more, he might have
2: talked a lot more. <laughs> they barely used him. They're like, oh, well, we drafted a tight end in the second round. We don't need to throw him the ball. We got Austin Hooper to throw the ball to. (laughs) Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. The expansion of the NCAA tournament is apparently inevitable. Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports wrote a story about this. Inevitable is the word he used. Apparently, in January, the commissioners of the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, and even George Klievkov of the Pac-12 had a meeting to discuss their wishes to expand the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, because now they want every one of their teams in this thing.
2: Um, Brett Yormark, who is the commissioner of the Big 12, gave this quote to Yahoo. I want to see the best teams competing for a national championship, no different than the Big Ten and SEC want to see in football. I'm not sure that is currently happening. What the hell is he talking about? That San Diego State got to the final. What does that have to do
1: with I, letting in more teams? I'm gonna agree with you. I just I I think that that's how they think. I think that's uh, that's how people in the Big Twelve think that Florida, um, Florida Atlantic got to the Final Four. That, uh, but that has nothing State, to do with expansion. Well, A hell, expansion would make it even more I likely mean, we get underdogs. I think he's thinking. Well, I think he's thinking that if you expand. I'm not. I'm not kidding that all his teams get in. Right, but what does that have to do with who went to the Final Four? Well, because if he he thinks that the Big Twelve is better than people like San Diego State, and and they would not allow it, they would beat them before they got to that point. Well, they had, to, they had a chance. I mean, to. I agree. I mean, beat Alabama them. had a chance to yeah beat them.
2: Yeah, but last year, the first four teams out of the NCAA tournament, Oklahoma State, they were 18 and 15. They were under 500 in the Big Twelve. Rutgers, they were nineteen and fourteen. They played the three hundred and thirty eighth toughest non conference schedule. North Carolina went twenty and thirteen, which by the way, North Carolina opted out of playing in the NIT. Right. Clemson, who was twenty three and ten, but had the three hundred and fifteenth toughest non conference schedule. According to Brett Yormark, the best teams are not competing for the national right. championship in basketball, and he wants to expand it to fix that. Does he think those are the best teams in college basketball? Is he upset that 18-15 and Oklahoma State Uh, got left out? He's definitely
1: upset Oklahoma State got left out.
2: Did he think Oklahoma State was going to go rip off seven straight wins? I'm sure Brett Yormack did. This guy should should be removed from any position that has to do with college athletics. This is the worst opinion I've ever heard. That the best teams are not competing for the national championship, so we need to expand the NCAA tournament. 68 teams get in to the we're not talking about college football where we didn't have it and then we had two teams play each other and then we had a four team playoff. You can absolutely argue that this season Georgia was the best team in the country and didn't get to compete for the national championship. Absolutely. That is a one hundred percent a valid argument. Now, they could have won their way in by beating Alabama, but that is a valid argument. There is not a single valid argument for Oklahoma State last year being the best team right. to compete for a title. When we get to the bubble this year, Nevada might be one of the first four teams out. There's no argument for Nevada being one of the best teams in, in the, the country, country that right. got robbed
1: of playing for the national no, championship. I, I agree with you. I I think he's I think he's crazy. I'm just trying to get climb into the head of a Big 12 commissioner who probably thinks anyone in his league is better than some of the teams that got there last year and that they would knock him off. I'm trying to figure out what he's thinking or how you know the the reasoning behind his comments i don't know i mean i I, these guys the arrogance of these commissioners from the power now power four is amazing i think
2: this is simply about money and they are trying to find other reasons to say out loud Because I I think this is solely about money. The NCAA tournament makes so much money for the NCAA and for these conferences. I mean, even the Mountain West got paid a good chunk because San Diego State won some games last year. But this makes so much money that I bet these commissioners are looking at this and saying, well, we're at 68. We can basically double it and only add one more weekend to the NCAA tournament. Right? These kids only have to play one more weekend, two more games if you win, but one more weekend. Of basketball, and we can double it, and therefore we can charge more money to CBS and Turner to broadcast the games. We can charge more money for people to come watch the games, make money there, and then as a result, get more money from more teams being in because you get money for every uh, game your conference plays in. I think this is just simply they want more money, and they think they can get that from more games, and therefore they're just trying to find reasons to say out loud that aren't, oh, we're greedy and we want more money. Right. And so they come up with some stupid reasoning. Like, well, the best team, the 69th team in the country could have won the title this year. No, they couldn't have. Shut up. So Brett Yormark should be eliminated from any college athletics position. Because that's the worst opinion I've ever heard in my life. And that's what he's going with for why they should do it. The other scary part of Ross Dellinger's story about the NCAA tournament is that expansion... Doesn't necessarily mean adding more teams, but expansion could mean eliminating the auto bids to conference champions. Champions. That's frightening. That's horrifying. The idea that they would say, "Okay, Oklahoma State got left out, but well, if we didn't give the Patriot League an automatic bid for their conference, the great eighteen and fifteen Oklahoma State could have been in the NCAA tournament instead of the Patriot League Conference Tournament champion." The the best part about college basketball is that when we get to March, every single team that is eligible, sometimes teams are ineligible for the postseason, but every single team that is eligible to play in the postseason has a chance to win the national championship. Right. Now, is the seven seed in the Patriot League going to win the national championship? Of course not. But when we get to March, every team in the Patriot League, in the Horizon League, in the Conference USA, League. in the Mountain West, the worst team. In the Big 12 or the ACC can conceivably win their conference tournament, get into the NCAA tournament, and play from there. And play from there. And that's the best part of it, is that all of these players and all of these teams marches sort of the dream time. And even if, you know, you're the Patriot League, you might even not even win an NCAA tournament game. But winning your conference tournament to guarantee a spot in the NCAA tournament is phenomenal entertainment. And that is why we love March Madness and if we got to a point where conferences don't have automatic bids, Patriot League doesn't matter anymore. Not a single one of those games matter for the entire season or in their conference tournament. Same for 260 of the teams that play college basketball every year. Doesn't matter at all because it's going to be the the 50 best power conference teams and then they'll be, you know, Fifteen teams that are non-power teams that get in because they are actually because good. they have good net and good right. pin Ken and that's gonna be it. Nothing else will matter. It's the one thing that makes college basketball. Because here's the other part about college basketball: nobody cares about regular season college basketball. It is a niche sport nationally. College basketball nobody watches the sport until March, and then well, in March, until the conference tournament, it's a massive thing. Right. But like right now. Nobody, nobody in the country is that is excited The UNLV is going to play Fresno State tonight. Right. Not that many people. It was an important game, but not that many people cared about Colorado State, San Diego State last right. night. You can walk around and ask 20 people, and they'd be like, uh, who won? Uh, who's Isaiah Stevens? They don't know. But we care in March. And so if you're going to try to ruin the best part of your sport by taking away auto bids or expanding the tournament to 120 teams or whatever it is, it's a nightmare. It's brutal. I'd hate every second of it.
1: Well, I'd hate if they took away the conference tournament champions. Yeah, and it'd suck. Everything it'd about great, this It's great suck. when the small small conferences win their conference tournament and they're like, first bid clinch tonight. Yeah, it's great. hear that on TV.
2: Phenomenal part of the sport, and it's part of the reason why it's so popular in March. And they're like, ah, well, what if we got Oklahoma State in there at 18 right. and 15? Rutgers. People would love that so much, wouldn't they? No, nobody cares. Yes. Nobody cares about Oklahoma State at 18 and 15. We want to see Vermont Correct. who ripped off 31 wins this year and whatever damn conference they're playing in. And have, you know. a, and have a chance to beat yes. someone from the Power Four. That's what we want to see. Coming up next, Ashley Watkins from Sam & Ash joins us.
1: This. Seven, it's always to try to get as much as you can. Um, and so all I can do is just try to maximize my opportunities every single day, continue to work to be to be better, uh, not only for myself but for my team, um, and we'll see what happens at the end of my career.
2: You're on the elevator up to the press box with Granny and Bischoff. In a crash, call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or go to samandashlaw.com. Joining us now is Ashley Watkins from Sam and Ash. Hey Ash, how you doing? Hey Ashley.
3: I'm great. I'm recovering from Super Bowl weekend. What about you guys? Wait, wait. You kind
2: of sound like you're recovering.
3: Yeah. I know. I'm trying to do my best Patrick Mahomes impression over here.
2: <laughs> what did what did you do the whole time?
3: The whole time. You know, I i sound like i had a lot more fun than <laughs> i did actually um no just hung out with friends uh watched the game enjoyed it uh watched our city put on a real show and uh loved everything about it okay. except for the outcome
2: oh you were cheering oh, for the 49ers yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's I unfortunate know, exactly. that's too bad, bad. No, uh, no. uh, what do you think of usher
3: i started slow but i liked it it finished strong and you know look it's my era i so i i always enjoy the throwbacks
2: yeah. That's what I was that's saying. Uh, I was saying uh, we're, uh we're we're old, we're now, old is now is, what that, is means. what
3: that means. Yeah, that's I've been seeing that online. Like I love the fact that now the halftime shows are geared to my generation, so I feel special. Uh
2: one thing uh, one I wanted, thing to, ask I wanted to ask you is about we is we saw a new, new sort of setup, sort of from, the setup from the NFL where, where they have sports they gambling, gambling now. Gambling they're, they're okay with okay it because with they can it. get paid from get it. But NFL players are allowed to gamble, just not on the NFL or on their own team during the regular season. But before the Super Bowl, the players that were in the Super Bowl were not allowed to gamble, even if it was just playing blackjack. What do you think of that from a, hey, we're going to set aside a different rule for just to select players before the Super Bowl?
3: Yeah, I think it's just, you know, everything's about optics, and it's probably one of the reasons why they sent the teams out to Lake Las Vegas where there's not a casino, and that temptation was – basically eliminated but you know you want these players to be focused before the game and if you see them standing around a roulette table you wonder like oh if they're gambling on this where does that line stop and so I understand uh why they had that like singular rule for just those players it, ma- it makes sense to me I think they should have been
2: allowed to gamble been. Ed doesn't think you they think? should have done anything but watch no film just the watch film week. the entire
1: week you're playing in the Super Bowl <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Ed. Take it seriously. Yeah, You're darn
1: right. They're they're allowed to They they're had to, to
2: answer Ed questions answer from Ed. From they Ed. can play Ed. blackjack <laughs> too.
3: I, I read that the 49ers went to a dog a puppy shelter or something and I was like, "No, watch film." <laughs> but they can't the even do after nice, after things? nice things? Yeah, Come on. They can oh, go to a dog shelter? Maybe in half. They were thinking about puppies. <laughs> Come on. Focus. <laughs> have
2: some fun. It's the Super Bowl. You're allowed to have fun. No golfing, no
3: anything.
1: After yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, You're back. They're having a parade I'll today. Believe it. me, they'll have fun on the parade. Oh, God.
1: Okay. Yep.
3: Um, I'm with you, Ed. Old what, school.
2: One other thing I wanted to ask you, because obviously we were the sports gambling mecca of the world for the longest <laughs> time, but now that is uh, other states allowed to do sports gambling, but not all states. Um, when's like California going to allow legalized sports gambling?
3: Yeah, I don't know. they got to get in line with uh, the Indian casinos. That's the big holdup, is the Indian casinos have a a tight grip on gambling in California, and they're going to have to figure out a way to, you know, cut them into that deal and make it sweet enough for them. Otherwise, you know, there's all those political action committees that are keeping it from being legalized. And I don't know. And also, come on, Vegas is so close to California. Come over here. It's more fun. (laughs) (laughs)
2: uh yeah we got all the you drive back you see all the billboards for casinos coming back into las vegas so uh that's pretty good there um something else i wanted to ask you about was the tennessee volunteers because they have gotten hammered by the ncaa more than most have gotten hit by the ncaa um i think the general assumption from a lot of people is that uh, everybody in college sports, college football is breaking these rules, but they are trying to fight the NCAA. How how likely is this that Tennessee can come out on top of this in their whole NIL situation?
3: Yeah, so actually, it's kind of interesting right now. The the hearings that are going on are for injunctions. And what the Tennessee has to prove is that there's an immediate harm that requires the court to step in and freeze the conduct of. Before the case even resolves, and so effectively, Tennessee has to prove that they're they're not they're likely to win, and that not freezing the NCAA's NIL rules right now causes uh, irreparable harm to all the student athletes. And so um, it sounds like, from what I've heard from the the judge, he thinks that Tennessee is likely to prevail at the end. It's just uh, analyzing whether or not there's harm that needs to to be stopped immediately.
1: What's at stake for college sports and all of this? Do you think?
3: Look, I, I think college sports are, and especially football is in a really, really difficult time with the the way the playoff situation is and the transfer portal. It's really tough, and ultimately, it's becoming a business. and I'm okay with that in some sense, but it, it seems like you know there's so few student athletes that go on to the professional level that we do need to create um, some stability for these athletes that find a coach they want to go there. They want to play. They want to negotiate a deal. And so I think it, it needs to get regulated and sorted out. And so I think it'll ultimately be better for the students in the long run.
2: How's the NCA still here? I feel like every like couple of weeks we get ah the NCA is back in court over you know player labor laws or players want to unionize or NIL deals or whatever the hell they're punishing Tennessee for. How are they still here? They seem to uh, always come back from these.
3: They're cockroaches, man. <laughs> they're, they're cockroaches. They're going to survive and and prevail. Um, I don't know. I think there might come a point where you know they are er- they erode their powers so much because you know like if college football unified and and they just figured out a way to run it outside of the ncaa or with its like slight blessing eventually it just becomes kind of like the queen off on the side and you're just kind of like okay we'll we'll bow to you every so often and curtsy but really we're over here doing our own thing so I, I think it's just kind of history do we I,
2: I guess as far as the the player side of this um because I'm blanking on what school that was but their players just got some uh, authorization to unionize which we've seen before with Northwestern but it ended up falling flat what what happens on the player's side like what do they need legally to be hey we are employees and you do need to pay us
3: yeah, they've got to satisfy the unionize, the union requirements. Um, I think, look, honestly, kids are young, they're impressionable. And this is one of those things where I think someone chirps in their ears, like an adult that goes, uh, you know, you guys should band together and leverage your negotiating power. And then they do it, and then it's like, okay, now what? And so I, I don't, this is just kind of becoming too much for me. Just go to a college, make your own NIL deals, make yourself a valuable role model to uh, younger student-athletes. Make yourself someone that the the pro teams want to hire and make a career. But it's getting a little convoluted, and I'm starting to get, I don't know, maybe like disenchanted about yeah,
2: it. You, you are old. Halftime shows for you, and now you're yelling at these damn kids. Yeah, Ash. Yeah, these damn yeah, kids. Yeah, that's what's happening. Uh,
1: one of the kids is Caitlin Clark, needs eight points to surpass oh. uh, Kelsey Plum's record. Did you shoot for this record as well when you're playing hoops? I did in my dreams. <laughs> and
3: in my dreams. Uh, but hey, she's great for the sport. This is what women's basketball needs. I what was it? I read Super Bowl Sunday. Uh they were playing on Fox and that yep. broadcast got one point eight million dollar view uh one point eight million viewers, uh highest watched women's college basketball game ever. So that's great. And it's not like the Super Bowl they just kind of like kept watching. Someone had to actually change the channel. which is Uh, impressive
2: just so you know uh our producer degenerate danny over here (laughs) okay because she's eight points away danny asked like just on twitter like all of the sports books here for somebody to put up a bet on how she will break the record whether it's on a free throw a three-pointer or a two-pointer and uh stations casino actually did it and they now have a bet up specifically from Danny so one what are the
3: odds for slam dunk uh <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. not on there not listed uh so Danny's a degenerate but what what are you taking if I remember correctly uh Danny you can help me out the three-point field goal was minus 110 the two-point field goal was like plus 170 160 160 and then yeah. a free throw Three was point. plus 400
3: yep I'm going free throw.
2: Okay, all yeah, right. taking the big money out of it. That's I, yeah, I, I go big. Okay, that's that's what I think, too. Danny, I think, is going – are you going two-pointer, Danny? I'm going two-pointer. Have you bet on it yet, your own bet?
0: I'm, I'm doing it today after okay. work. You better bet Oh, that's it. right. You put it up.
2: Oh, yeah, Ash, because he's a degenerate. He also told us he lost all his money in that account on the Super Bowl, so he's got to put money in it to <laughs> bet on this own bet.
0: Exactly, <laughs> going to Durango Casino right after <laughs> work.
3: All right, I love it. That place is great.
2: Well, she is Ash from Sam and Ash Law, again, in a crash call. Sam and Ash. It's 702-820-1234 or head to samandashlaw.com. Ash, thank you so much. Thanks, Ash.
3: (laughs) Thanks, guys. Always fun having. Have fun.
2: So there is Ash from Sam and Ash again. 702-820-1234 or head to samandashlaw.com. Now, we've got tickets to give away. If you want to go see Ray Romano, call in now. 702-364-1100 is the number. Uh, He is going to be in Vegas April 12th and 13th at the Summit Showroom. At the Venetian. And if you want a pair of tickets, 702-364-1100. Caller number 7 at 702-364-1100. Studios, this is the Press Box with Granny and Bischoff on ESPN
0: Las Vegas. I thought we had Dana White sound. I already played Dana White. It was at 9 o'clock. That was different from what Ed was playing. Oh, was it?
2: All right. We're going to have to go completely behind the scenes. Ed was playing a Dana White sound. Of Dana White saying, I'm not going to do podcasts anymore while he was on a podcast. The Dana White you sound you played was about Vegas hosting yeah. every single event. Oh, I didn't know that's what he was listening yeah, to. Yeah, completely different Dana White right. sound. And I was excited to be like, why the hell is he saying I'm not doing podcasts while on a podcast? Yeah,
0: He's going to do more podcasts. Of course he is. Yeah, of
2: course. It's free uh, advertising yeah. for him, basically. Pretty much. You get to go on there, say whatever you want, and people say, all right, Dana was Dana White guy. Let's find out a way to give him more money. He's still got that power slap league. Of course. That thing still exists. Of course. I feel like I haven't seen a single story about it since it first started. Oh, they're all the time. The stories or the fights? Are they fights? Sure. The slaps. Yeah. The the slaps. The slap offs. Ah, power slap. What a great time. Uh, all right. Ed, Ohio state fired their basketball coach today. Chris Holtman. Chris Holtman is out. Um, first off, he did not make the NCAA tournament last year, and they are four and ten in the Big Ten this year. But like they did, just go to the NCAA tournament two years in a row. They Chris Holtman's time at Ohio State, NCAA tournament, NCAA tournament, COVID year, nobody went, but they were twenty-one and ten. They probably would have been in NCAA tournament, NCAA tournament, missed it last year, and they were still top fifty in Ken Palm, and now they're four and ten in the Big Ten, and he's fired, and he's owed fourteen million dollars. That's quite a lot. It's a good job to have. Yeah. Fired head coach. Best thing to be. Oh, yeah. 14 million. But, like, that's a pretty quick... I'm the guy that wants to fire everybody. That's a pretty quick trigger. Yeah.
1: For that many NCAA tournament appearances. I
2: guess, technically, he didn't win much in the NCAA tournament. Like, their last NCAA tournament win was in 2019. But he basically made it four out of four years. Right. Not counting COVID. And then didn't make it last year
1: suck this year. And it's out. All right. Quick hook. Well, you're Ohio State. You expect the best, I guess. In basketball, though. Yeah. Oh, in everything. As much as can you imagine the facilities for most of their sports, if not all their sports, they get everything they want and as much money as they have. I think you're expected to win at everything in a place like that, like Texas. All right, let's you're guess. To win anywhere.
2: Let's guess. Last time Ohio State was in the Sweet 16.
0: I want to. S- I hope I'm wrong because it's a long time ago. But I want to say it's the. Uh... The Greg Odin years.
2: Uh,
1: it was 2013.
0: Ooh. All right. So just after Greg, which Odin. is
1: not the Greg Odin years. So uh, that's the last time they're in sweet 16. The last yep. time the rebels were in the NCAA tournament. That is
2: correct. Yes, it is. 2013. They were in the, they made it to the elite eight that year. They went to the final four the previous year in 2012. Um, they actually had a run of four straight, uh, uh, runs to the, at least the sweet 16. Um, but, yeah, that's, that was 2013. Since then, they've been to the NCAA tournament more years than not, but they've never made it out of the second round. Right.
1: So maybe they
2: do Still need to Still, though, down. that
1: seems like a quick hook.
2: I mean, I looking, don't know. Looking through their last, what is this, 25 years or so, they suck.
1: <laughs> in terms of tournaments, like or just, just, like or as just as not winning. Like as a program. Winning. Like they're not, not that winning when they get there.
2: Yeah, like they're just not that good. Like, they have since since the year 2000. Like, they go to the NCAA tournament, but they lost the title game with Greg Oden in 2007. And then 2010 to 2013, they went to the Sweet 16 every year with one appearance in the Final Four. That's not bad. Everything else is missed the tournament round one or round two. Like, again, yeah, a lot like, of teams would take that. It's not bad, but I'm saying they fired Chris Holtman because he had a bad year and a half. Right. And it's a program that had a good four-year stretch right. in the last 20 years, and the rest of it's basically first round or second round. Secondary and that's it. Loss. What would they I'd, do if they
0: went 11 straight years without a tournament? I think
1: Danny's right.
0: Who does Ohio State think they are?
1: Oh, the arrogance at Ohio State. I agree with you, but the arrogance at Ohio State is like the arrogance at Texas. They think they should be the best in everything because of the resources and the facilities and all that.
2: Yeah, but they suck.
1: Well, maybe so, but <laughs> that doesn't mean they think differently. <laughs> like they and haven't not, done I'm that. I'm sure a long they time. think differently, whether or not it's true or not. Is ah, Texas totally sucks too? These programs suck. Texas is bad too. They're just football
0: uh, schools that want to compete in basketball.
2: I mean, Texas it was good last year. They went to the Elite Eight. They're pretty good this year too, but shaka smart bad rick barnes what did this guy do i guess we've got a few final fours in here no just elite eights in here there's a final four they suck too text they're, they're bad all these programs suck what are we talking about texas and ohio state these programs are bad
0: and then here comes little old yukon
2: are they little We've really. got the most national titles in like the last 20 years yeah i think it's the most in my lifetime or maybe they're tied with duke or something like that
0: i think do cuz Yukon has what four? four yeah four i know duke i know for a fact since 2000 i believe duke has 3 yeah
2: these bums they can't
1: even be yukon over
2: here
0: at least
1: they ohio, might even have 4
2: ohio state thinks they're yukon but they're not really yukon
1: yukon's good again number 1
2: they should be yukon wins national champions even when they suck in the regular season <laughs> exactly they
0: do <laughs> what were they last year a 9 or an 8 no, they were four.
2: No, they were year. four.
1: They weren't an eight or nine.
0: Oh, I thought they were further down. Yeah. No,
2: they were a four. Uh, but they did win it as a seven uh, back in 2014. That's that's one of the funniest runs. Kevin Ollie was the coach that took over after Jim Calhoun. First year, missed the tournament. Second year, seven seed, won the national championship. Third year, missed the tournament. Fourth year, made it to the second round as a nine seed. Fifth and six years, no tournament. He's done. <laughs> Basically, one year. Of remote success, and it was winning the national championship.
0: Was that the game-winning shot year? Uh, or am I confusing are you them of Villanova? with Villanova? The, yeah, yeah.
2: Villanova is the one that Chris Jenkins hit the. That's right, buzzer beater, which is probably my favorite national championship game. Oh yeah, that's been played.
0: I remember where I was watching that. Yeah, because because
2: a lot of people forget North Carolina hit the three-pointer right before that. The double—I can't remember who hit it, but a double-clutch three-pointer right before that—that that was. One of the greatest shots in tournament history and then got upstage six seconds later by Chris Jenkins.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Great time. Great time. And guess what? Brett Yormark of the Big 12 wants to ruin this great time <laughs> with his damn expansion and eliminating auto bid.